2020 marks the 50th birthday of Griffin Theatre Company's home, the Stables Theatre. I'm Angela Caterns. Join us as we celebrate the anniversary in this special series of podcasts where we'll hear about the theatre's history and talk to some of the country's most celebrated artists. episode we meet some of the children of the stables hillary bell playwright lucy bell actor and sasha haller actor welcome to our 50th anniversary podcast Hello, fabulous to have you here so can i ask each of you to tell me a little bit about your parents and how they were involved with the stables hillary um so john our dad ken haller sasha's dad and richard werrett banded together in I think 1970 to say let's create a theatre where we put on new Australian work and classics and kind of basically whatever they wanted to put on and felt people should see and Lillian Haller, Sasha's mum and our mother Anna Volska were deeply involved uh, doing everything basically making costumes, Mm. building, performing, doing the legal side, doing the admin, everything that needed to be done and meanwhile Sasha was about to be born. Mm. I was I was three and Lucy was one. Oh, you were ancient. I was ancient. <laughs> she was nearly an adult. I think the thing too that always struck me was that we say putting on Australian works but um, because they'd all been at uni together and everyone just did Shakespeare really and Oscar Wilde, um, their big thing was but couldn't we have Australian voices and they weren't heard on Australian stage. And so you imported your lead actors from Britain who got on a boat and came. Is that right? Mm. And you didn't hear an Australian vernacular. You just didn't hear an accent mm. on stage. And so I think for them it, it meant a lot. There weren't really, and I'm correct me if I'm wrong about this, Australian playwrights. They weren't called Australian playwrights. There, so there when, were two, I think. So there when they, yeah. So Alan Seymour that's right, and um, Peter Ray Waller. Well, there were, there were more. They, were, they, they, but they in, weren't kind of dedicated spaces for them to. That's right, yeah. and they weren't their pals, whereas they just mm. sort of turned to their pals and said, can you write as well? And, and the story that I love too is that Ken was sort of trying to find somewhere that was deeply central and they found an old whorehouse that had been a stable that had holes in the roof and they thought, well, that's a perfect spot for a theatre. <laughs> I think it had been a garage as well. A garage yeah, at yeah, some point. Yeah. Um, and the story I got was that there were the reason why they got a good rent was because there were actually holes in the roof and they had to, you know, plaster it down and make it... No, I don't think the council could believe anyone really wanted to rent it at that point on the corner of Nimrod Street, Kings Cross. Sasha, your mother told me about taking you to the theatre when you were a tiny little baby in arms, I think, and stashing you under the table when she was um, selling tickets. Do you know about that? Well, I think all us um, children of were meant to just sort of shut up and, like, hurry up. And it's a sort of a really different... It was a 70s time where you just went along with your parents. So there's obviously a lot of get under there, shush. Mm. Yes, how can I help you? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, and, that, and that thing of... of I, I was remembering that the thing of faking 
sick days. This is probably when I'm a bit older, so I wasn't one when I was faking sick days. Yeah. But being at school and faking sick days so you could go to rehearsal yes. and knowing you had to sit completely quietly all day, don't say a word. And we got, we got really used to kind of yes. being quiet and watching, which was wonderful. As long as you could yeah. have a violet crumble from downstairs, it was all right. <laughs> Who minded you? Do you know? Or were you left to fend for yourself? Do you remember, do you remember the old ladies? Yes. Yes. White. I don't remember their names. There were two Isn't that Cluedo, next door. Lucy? Is that Cluedo? Mrs. Mrs. White. Looked after Mrs. Us Mustard. Often. Um, there were two lovely old ladies who lived in the cottage who next door. Who didn't like the, the whole theatre gang in the beginning. They well, thought they were lascivious um, <laughs> because ex-brothel theatre, very mm, similar. Same thing. And yes, then and became and our they were lovely. babysitters. And they used to give us those um, niece, niece biscuits. Nice biscuits. Do you remember? Yeah. I remember that. They were probably won over by the fact that there were babies to look after. We were yeah. probably the but bridge. But we were there, I think, quite a bit. Yes. Just I also remember being house. babysat by Chrissy Coltai. Oh, yes. Her? She was the a dancer. choreographer yeah. and dancer. Just back to your thing about what mum said is they like to um, always say that I was in a basket underneath the box office. Yeah. <laughs> you have no memories of that? No. Time, a bit too tiny later. perhaps. Later, yeah. <laughs> so um, growing up, were you aware, do you think, that your lives was slightly different to the lives of, of other kids at your school? There's that story. Lisa, do you remember when Dylan and I... Um, so the girls were always... The bells were always a year or two ahead of me, but I was always following from high school to... We were at the same primary the, school, the same, same primary high school. school. Same everything. Yeah. Um, and I remember being at Glenmore Road Public when Mr Monarch did his, you know, welcome back, everyone. And Dylan and I, as so proper theatre children... Dylan, Dylan is Jackie Weaver's so Jackie son. Weaver's son. Clapped. <laughs> At the end, marvellous, we thought. Well, isn't that a good way to start the day? A speech, we know what that's all about. And I remember a one monologue. or both of you ran up and went, that's not a... That's no clapping. No clapping. Don't applaud. And I was like, don't be ridiculous. The man stood up in front of a crowd. He made so, a performance. So, so I think we were quite different. Yes. But I, I don't think we were aware of it. I'm, no, no, I see that now. No. And now I think it was not until our mother was on... Um, the Restless uh, Years. The Restless Years, that's <gasps> right. And that really impressed people at school. But theatre was kind no. of a bridge too far. Although Gypsies. I think there's, there's a story, Hilary, about being picked up by your mother after uh, I think you'd had a fight that day with I a boy I did. At a boy kicked me, or maybe I kicked him, and I came out blinded with tears. I would have been, well, it must have been about 1971, I think, because it was Hamlet. Um, and my mother came to pick me up and I was so blinded with tears I couldn't I didn't even look at her and I got in the car and I looked and she'd had this long black hair all down her back <laughs> and it was cropped shaved almost wasn't it like almost a it yeah. was it was very very short and it was f for Ophelia so you know she was going to wear a wig when she was sane and then take off the wig when she was oh, mad no. and it was enough to shock me out of my tears. I remember that very clearly. <laughs> I remember I the name remember, of the boy who in, kicked me, Miles. Oh, I'm just in case you're out there. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. still there, Miles. Did you get in trouble, though? You say, Lucy, you were very quiet in the auditorium. I had a terrible stage whisper. I don't know if I've improved on it. Because um, I would always go, oh, look, someone's standing in the wings. <laughs> While you were watching the show. Yeah, and people go, Sasha, they can hear you. And I remember getting in trouble for being front and centred downstage Nimrod in the small theatre when Henry Zepps was doing a show and he had some stupid joke about a banana and a sporran and I said, what's that? What's a banana in the sporran? And he was furious at me afterwards and I thought, oh, did I get the joke? Said, did I get the laugh? And he didn't get it. And I wasn't very good. I, really quiet. I, remember being, I remember being very, very 
quiet and, you know, being sort of proud of myself of how quiet I could be, how focused I could be. And then going to the theatre with school audiences later on and just being so horrified and embarrassed that the kids were making noises and thinking, where are your manners? They didn't know how to behave <laughs> no, in the theatre. absolutely. Really? Do you think it was a, a privilege being allowed to hang around the theatre during rehearsals and performances? Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, amazing. amazing. I don't because think we f- figured it was then, but certainly looking back, it absolutely yeah. well, was. Well, just not to... Um, it's only once you're looking in reflection backwards to realise you were having a sort of gypsy theatre life and that you thought it was normal to see people go in and out of character or put on a costume or um, be a different person in the foyer than in the show mm. or have playwrights yell about things and you just, it was normal. Mm. Yeah. Do you remember any specific rehearsals or, or productions from the days when you were at children Griffin, at the stables? At Griffin I remember my mother being famous for um, getting more bums on seats <laughs> and she's famously known other people That's have told right. me squish up yeah move up move up there's more didn't in there she because have a stick or a blue no. she just had her voice darling she didn't need one just a metaphorical <laughs> she had a metaphorical stick <laughs> and then the other thing I suppose I remember so distinctly about that theatre was the pole Oh, yeah. oh, yes, yes, the yes. Pole. There was a big supporting beam. That was there for 10 yeah. years oh, at least. At least. Yeah. Yeah. And all the actors had, and it was right in the middle of the sight line because the. It was the, at the entrance, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And um, it was a triangular stage, and the pole was right at the entrance yeah. for the actors. And so all the actors had to come up with creative pole acting. <laughs> well, big. You know, mm, how do we um, get around this? How do we act with it and use it? Mm. And I sort of missed it when it finally they lifted the roof and moved it away. But it was very synonymous with that, with theater, that space. It? it was. Mm. How are they going to use the pole? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think it broadened your mind growing up this way with this the association with this theatre? Yeah, I think it did. I mean, I think just the people that we met, who were mostly yeah very liberal minded, very progressive that I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine in year eight, so we would have been 13 or 14, and she didn't believe the village people were gay. <laughs> How did you know? I didn't know. And, I said, and she, she actually didn't know what gay was. She was Chinese and she said, we don't have gay people in China. So I thought, wow, imagine, like, where do I even begin to unpack this with the village people? Mm. So I think things like that that we just absolutely took for granted from a very young age... And just being exposed to all those stories. I mean, we weren't allowed to see every play, um, but but I was. Seeing, you saw everything. <laughs> we did. No, I don't even that. Hey, I remember the bells. There were some things they weren't allowed to see. Yeah, really. Well, yeah, because they were a bit too. Risque. We weren't allowed to see the Stoppard where um, she comes down nude on a moon. Yeah, I oh. saw that. I you snuck that. in, did you? Oh, I guess I, I did. don't know. I don't think I saw that. <laughs> but there was also the. I mean, we're not in a theatre. We we can say Macbeth. There was the the Manson Macbeth, which we didn't oh, see. That was at the stables. That. You probably weren't. I was born. Yeah. <laughs> and I was two. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember some things being too scary, or we would say. Um, is it is it going to be boring? And oh, yeah. so there was that sort of call as well. Yeah. If, if they didn't think we'd. And if you were last. lucky, you struck up a good relationship with the bar staff. And certainly when we moved to Big Nimrod, I pretty much thought I was working in the bar <laughs> at Nimrod because I, I was good at collecting glasses and, you know, just that whole – we had a whole party thing. Mm. Our house was constantly, you know, famous for the big parties that happened. And so I sort of lived in this world that was quite 
night time. Although we all went to school. Mm. We had days off when we needed to, but yeah. Did you play theatre as children? I think Absolutely. they did, didn't yeah. you? I was too yeah. young. I remember yeah. you guys had a troop and me we, sort of we, looking from afar. Yeah, we had the Bob Theatre Company. Did you? Kate and Lucy Blinko <laughs> and Miranda Otto. Put That's on right. shows. And, yeah, Dylan was roped into it. Kydrick Beecher was roped into it once. That's and, an and we, and we actually, I mean, like, like all children do, we did put on shows all the time. I remember you doing shows mm. at our place where we would make everybody sit down and watch. And, and Emily costumes and, and, and Robin Nevin's daughter, yeah, Emily, Emily was part of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, we did. We did yes. constantly put on shows, whether they were at home or at, at the, the theatre. Yeah. But we took them very seriously. Mm. So we did charge money and draw <laughs> costume designs. Stupid. Did, 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 yeah. Them? yeah. Really. And we wrote songs. We we couldn't play anything well, well enough, so all the songs were a cappella. But um, no, we took them very seriously and I, and cried the night before opening because we thought they were going to be terrible. Did you? Yeah. Oh, Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. <laughs> Sometimes children rebel against their parents' professions and choose entirely different career paths. Did you ever have ambitions to work in some completely different industry, Lucy? Um, I do remember later on um, when I was in high school and sort of, you know, thinking... I mean, the, the, the thing with our parents is that because they were part of the actual theatre company, there was a, a stability, which actually none of us have nice. in our lives now. We're all freelance. Mm. But, I, but I do I do sort of remember thinking that, that maybe I should try something a bit more normal at one stage. What and might that have been? Well, well, I, that was the thing that every, anything I considered that might be normal actually felt really exotic. So the idea mm-hmm. of doing sort of architecture, I thought, well, that would be really out there if I tried that. Or um, what else did I think of? I oh, sort of, you know, design things. And yeah, I thought about various various options. But um, it just seemed, seemed to fall into suds as soon as I got to university. Yes. Yeah. And my and my parents were both lawyers, and so um, if and it split down the middle where the lawyers were saying, "Oh, you can follow your parents into the law," <laughs> and I'd say, "Well, I'd have to get those marks, wouldn't I?" Mm. So I was not going to do that. I think my parents just wanted me to go to some kind of university. That seemed very important to them. Mm-hmm. The fact that it ended up being NIDA was sufficient, did, as long as there were some essays written. Did mm. you go to uni before NIDA or you went I straight to NIDA? Year. At Sydney? Yeah, yeah at did, New South. Oh, New South. Oh, yeah, yeah, but then I did plays at both Nuts and Suds because I was so desperate to be on <laughs> right. stage 24 hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> and Hilary, did you, did you have any uh, yeah, interest in I any did. other industries? I did. I was very interested in animals, and I still am, and I considered becoming... I didn't want to be a vet because I wasn't interested in the science part, but I thought about being an animal conservationist and I did year 10, I did work experience in an animal shelter and it was the most depressing week of my life. Mm, like, sad, it was, yeah. yeah, it was just, you know, dogs yowling and cats crying and it was really miserable. So I thought, I, I want to write musicals. <laughs> <laughs> and I think for Lucy and I, we were, I don't want to say lucky, because we're immensely talented, obviously. <laughs> but to have gone to NIDA meant that we had some footing to know that we were taking it seriously, whereas it was much harder, and I still think it is, when you suddenly announce to your parents at the dinner table that you want to be a creative and that you haven't got some kind of formal institution backing your crazy idea. So we were lucky in that regard, don't you think, Liz? Absolutely, absolutely. And also going into theatre never felt like a sort of a risky option to me, which it's is ridiculous because it's now, totally risky. Or is it well, just no, that it's we still, have children now? Uh, well, I mean, I, if, if 
our children were to go into this business, you'd kind of, you know... Maybe now. Shut mm. in your boots a little bit. Mm. But um, but it, it, I, I never thought that it was a risky option. I always thought, well, I've seen our parents do it. Well, I've seen the worst. I've that, seen yeah, it, the unemployed true. drunks <laughs> sleeping on the cab saying, I could never work again. <gasps> yeah. Have you all returned to the stables at various times with your own creative work? Yeah, a lot, actually. So most recently, um, Splinter, which I wrote and Lucy was in. That was just a, last just month. Just waiting for mm-hmm. Hillary to write me a role, basically. <laughs> <laughs> After today. So yes, terrific. Do it. Um, I haven't done a lot there. I've tried to get back a few times, but it's always been timing. I've done a play reading. Obviously, I've lived and breathed in that space a lot, but um, I'll get there. I mean, I've been mm. on the boards there, but not much. Mm. More it? at the second theatre, really. At yeah, Belvoir. Yeah. yeah, I've done a few shows there. I, I, I did The Splinter recently that Hill wrote. I did Wolf Lullaby that and was The Falls, both, both plays that Hillary has written. Uh, and Emerald City and Dreams in White. Yeah, so quite a few. Mm. Quite a few. And so is the place kind of Im- imbued with memories for you? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. As, yeah. Is, as is Belvoir, too. Mm. I mean, every corner we kind of... Yeah. I look at things there and downstairs because, of course, the architecture, even the placement of the bars changed. I think the other thing that you have to remember about Griffin, it was a party theatre. It was famous. Spilled onto the street, always. Mm. Didn't matter what the show was, whether it did well or not. People came back to the theatre to have a drink and see their mates. So a very big culture of uh, community and, and fun that we all lived in you know Mm. and uh, it was funny because we just recently um had a service for my father there and the staff were freaking out because the the oldies and everyone was going to spill onto the street and Mm. it was like they were going to stop us and i was like don't you know what this (laughs) theater was it doesn't matter what the council says it all Mm. has to go onto nimrod street for hours and smoking and drinking Mm. annoying the neighbors that's that's (laughs) That's what what griffin is that's what original Nimrod is. <laughs> and so you mentioned your own children. Do you all have children? We yeah. do. And, and do you feel that they have a life in the theatre ahead of them? Um, Who knows? I don't know. Who My knows? son's at film school in the States. so Is he? Yeah. That's great. So kind of maybe indirectly. And my daughter's 16 and I, I think she writes. but Secretly. Secretly. But um, I don't know if she's going My to. daughter turned to me once because obviously I've told them how bad being an actor is. <laughs> and with great fear and slight tremble and tears and I said will you hate me if I become an actor <laughs> and there was a sort of indignant large pause and I said would well, not hate you darling but reject you reject you outright <laughs> I mean you'll have to move out I remember it's just funny what you pass on having said that they're very creative thinkers and I'm sure that's because of an insistence on reading seeing plays I take them to things that I know are not their age to make mm. them listen and think much more than I'm sure their friends do. Mm. I'm sure you guys do too. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I have three daughters and the eldest one who's just turned 17 is actually an ambassador at the Griffin. Oh, <laughs> so she goes, yeah. she's part of the, the young people who go every month to see the shows. And, How um, fab. Yeah, she absolutely loves it. She, she just thinks it's brilliant. So, But who knows? Who knows what they will do with and their so lives. And so it's obviously an important place in your lives mm. and in... Australian theatre. Absolutely. I've also been on the board. I was on the board for a long time and I have taught there for about 15 years, teaching playwriting. So, yeah, it feels really central. And just as Sasha was saying, it's kind of a community hub. It really is. And I think the theatre industry. And I think for people who've never seen a show at Griffin, they 
are actually shocked about how unique it is. Mm. Um, you say, yes, but have you actually been? Because that experience of actually this very small theatre, what does it seat? 106. 106, and it used mm. to be like 60 or something. Before um, Lillian got the stick out. Yeah, before Lillian. <laughs> they need her back. They need her back. Is that you can watch an actor a metre from you and I don't know if there is really any other experience like it theatrically and and this is the odd experience you can watch the the other side of the audience mm. while watching the performance which is a kind of meta strange mm. theatrical experience in itself and so sometimes you see these extraordinarily vital energetic performances and people are a metre away from you and it's quite there's no other space like mm, it no, and that's incredible. why I think it remains and where people always save it and keep it alive is because there just is nothing like that immediacy and the closeness of it. Mm-hmm. You can't really explain it to anyone who hasn't been. And plus you've got to rush in and get your seat. Yeah. yeah. You've got to Best make sure seat. you're there. Yeah. Try not to get in the front row. Yeah, yeah. or <laughs> that, get in the front row or get in and the front make row. your first mistake. I'm like, God, I'm in the front row. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Lucy, well, it's that, an that's important the place in your is, life. Yeah, yes, it's, just, it's quite a magical space. I mean, I, I saw a show there last week and, and that thing of walking up the stairs and thinking what world am I going to mm. walk into and what, what is going to be played out in front of me. It's just, uh, yeah, it's an in- incredibly special space to perform in and to and to be an audience in it's i still tell people to make sure they go and see it Mm. see something Mm. because of that unique experience as the audience let alone how great the shows are just Mm. like nothing else yeah Mm. fantastic thank you so much it's been a delight to have you uh in for a conversation sasha haller lucy bell and hillary bell thank Thank you thank Thanks for listening to Griffin's special podcast series where we're celebrating 50 years of the stables. For more anniversary activities, head to Griffin's website, griffintheatre.com.au.